Hey guys, welcome back to Make It Make Sense. My name is Sevi Tennyson and here with me is... Joshua Matasha. Awesome. So in today's episode, we'll be talking about stocks that we are super interested in either by expanding our positions in these companies, uh, putting them on our watch list to further do some analysis on them, or just stocks we believe would be on that high growth trajectory after all of this choppiness in the market is over. So let's get into it. So Joshua, what are some of the stocks that you're interested in, or at least one, any stock that you're interested (laughs) in this period? I mean, it's pretty interesting we're talking about stocks we like because this is a very choppy environment. A lot of people are debating, you know, whether they should be in cash now or they mm-hmm. should invest. But just like we have our principles, if you see a good company that you like, you should at least, you know, buy some shares yeah. regardless Start of what's going on. Exactly. So the very first one I'm going to talk about is a company called Skyworks Solutions. Hmm. What's that? <laughs> so basically, this company is an innovator in high-performance analog semiconductors that connects people places and things so they focus on semiconductors for wireless devices and any other device that enables wireless connectivity so just think about your iphone you know think about your alexa think about just 5g stuff anything that you know that connects people places or things skyworks yes any of things skyworks is all up in that so what are some of their largest clients? And as you might imagine, Apple is actually the largest client, <laughs> you know, which is kind of a big advantage, but also a disadvantage. Yeah. So why is it an advantage? Because Apple is literally one of the, like the largest company in the whole world, right? Dollar. Exactly. And almost everyone uses an iPhone. And as long as people keep buying their iPhone, buying iPhones, you know, and other um, Apple, devices. Apple devices and products, Skyward is going to keep getting their money. But it can also be a disadvantage. Why? Because recently we've heard Apple, they're trying to start manufacturing their own chips, you know, so that could be, mm, that could be a, but yes, but I'm going to talk about some other good stuff that will kind of nullify what's going on, but let's get into some of the numbers here, right? So the market capitalization of Skyworks is about 28 billion, which is not too big. What is market capitalization? So it's basically how much the company is worth and it's calculated by just taking the share price of the company at the end of the day and multiplying it by the numbers of shares outstanding. Yeah. And number of shares outstanding is just the number of shares that are available, you know, on the open market. Pay our last podcast. <laughs> pie is available in this company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like I just said, smartphones are their main clients, right? But now they're trying to grow into other stuff like the wireless routers even stuff like medical devices, you know, we have a lot of devices now, even um, a lot of doctors, the devices they use for their surgeries, they use 5G and the internet of things, you know, to improve their processes. And Skyworks is actually trying to dabble more into this sector. And also automobiles, you know, you know, everything that's going on with Biden's $2 trillion infrastructure plan. A lot of that money, I can't remember the exact amount, but it's going to go into like EV charging and just a lot of policies to improve and encourage more people. Environmental friendly. Yes, to be environmental friendly and buy more electric vehicles. And that's going to lead me into this thing that happened on the 27th of April where they acquired a new company or rather a sector of a company. So on the 27th of April, Skyworks acquired the infrastructure and the automotive business of Silicon Labs. And they acquired this for $2.7 billion in cash. So investors won't have to worry about their shares being diluted. Mm. So Silicon um, Labs is also a semiconductor 
company, but they focus on more of the silicon parts, right? And Skyworks, because of this acquisition, they're going to be uniquely positioned to address a combined market opportunity that's approaching 20 billion. Because right now, that's the value of this whole clean transportation space, right? And not only with this acquisition accelerate Skyworks expansion into the industry's most important growth segments, including electric and hybrid vehicles, but is also going to help them in things like industrial and motor control, even power supply and 5G wireless infrastructure, which is another thing that Biden is really concentrating on for his um, infrastructure bill. Talk about... uh a company that is really going towards a company of the future, basically, especially yes. with the rise of 5G and everything. You're really getting geared up yes. for that uh, whenever we adopt 5G fully. Yes. And that's why I really like the company because now a lot of people just look at this play as, oh, just Apple. You know, if Apple makes their own chips, they're done. But I see more opportunity for this company. And that's yeah. why I like them because I think right now they're not as highly valued as even other companies in that space. That's good. So let's go into some of their numbers, right? Their P-E ratio is 23 times uh-huh. of earnings. So basically, what P-E ratio is how much you're paying for a dollar of the company's profit, right? And since their P-E ratio is 23, how we measure whether that is low or high is we take a look at the industry. Since they're in the semiconductor industry, we can look that up. And the semiconductor industry's P-E ratio is 33 times. So that means you're doing better than... Exactly, That's exactly. So you're paying less for each dollar of profit this company is generating. Yeah. Right. And according to analysts, their projected revenue growth is 8.5%. And I know some people are like, huh, that's actually not that high. But they're taking this number just based off of, you know, their largest customer being Apple and them just doing the same thing. But I do think this acquisition is going to, you know, open a whole new world of earnings growth Expand for this company. Customer base. Base. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So this year, you know, over 52 weeks, Skyworks stock has returned about 43%, which I think is a decent amount. I think the S&P, I'm not sure what they return, but it might be about the same yeah, amount. So too. Yes. And going into the financials, just the macro stuff, Skyworks has about $3 billion in short-term assets and also $538 million in short-term liabilities. So obviously, we can see the asset outweigh the liabilities by a long shot. Right. So they're financially healthy. And they also have at least $3 billion in long-term assets and $484 million in long-term liabilities. This company has almost zero debt, you know, so they generate enough cash to run their business how they like. They also give, a, you know, a little, a little dividend of um, 1.18%, right? So even for investors that are not, maybe older investors that are more concerned about some kind of cash flow or income, you know, Skyworks, they, they got y'all, you know. Yeah, so they're really giving good. about 1.18 dividends. That's really good. I guess that's a really good stock. I, I really like, especially because for me, one thing I'm really looking forward to is upward progression, right? I'm looking for companies that have a lot of upside that is basically overlooked, mm-hmm. right? So I, I'm wanting a company that's when you know the future of technology comes in, they're able to quickly adapt because if they're not, they would just become extinct. You know, think exactly. about a uh, comparison between you know Apple and BlackBerry back then, <laughs> or Motorola as well. You know, like now, before BlackBerry is now reinventing themselves, you know, into more of software technology than it was before, and that's why people are actually considering it currently. 
So for me, because I'm looking out for the risk-averse investors, I would recommend this stock or give an idea to this stock because this is not financial advice, <laughs> right? Don't sue me. But, <laughs> yeah. but I think the stock that I would recommend would be HACK, and it's H-A-C-K. That's the ticker symbol. So basically, this is an ETF, like we said, for people who have diversification as a concern, right? ETFs help, they help you to diversify, right? So you don't have any risk. Like the risk is associated with this kind of stock is not a lot. So they target companies actively involved in providing cybersecurity technology and or just the services, right? Their larger holdings include Cisco System, Proofpoint, and Cloudflare. And what that means is that these are the companies that hold larger positions in this ETF. Around most of, the, I think the highest one is like 3.5%. So there is no company that has a dominant holding in this hack. That's one of the reasons why I really like them. Because you see other ETF that has, you know, 10% of one particular share. So their stock is moving in proportion to that particular stock that you're heavily invested in. But here they have really diversified themselves that no one particular stock has a huge influence in making or breaking their uh, stock price. Their earnings per share is around $29, which is pretty high considering, you know, the acceptable rate is about $12 to $15, right? But however, this is still a growing industry. Like we said, cybersecurity is still a growing industry. And why is cybersecurity extremely important? It's mainly because 93% of all data breaches, right, for a company is because of their own staff. So think about it this way. The most susceptible or vulnerable uh, point of a company in terms of cybersecurity are the people involved, right? And because of COVID-19, more and more people had to work from home. So you had people working at coffee shops, working at hotel rooms, and these servers are not protected. Mm -hmm. We can see like Apple had an issue with where, you know, there was a data breach and there was a there was a breach in their data and now they were asking them for some kind of ransom, you know, in order to release their data back to them. So what this means is that the more and more people are working from home, this would be an issue because companies would be vulnerable because I don't know how many people have installed any kind of uh, cybersecurity fail-self in their homes or in their servers, or they're really protected from any type of hack, right? And if they're not, it means that the company's data is being, uh, being at risk, basically. And that's why more companies want people to come over to the office to work where these servers are protected. What this means for me is like there is a potential uh, consumer like uh, commercialized their product in order to fit consumers. That way companies would allow this kind of hybrid setup, right? Where people can work from home some particular days and work at the office some particular days. Also think about internet of things, right? People who have things like the ring uh, technology, right? And also, you know, smart Alexa and smart software and smart everything, right? Basically you have things doing a lot of things for you, right? All of these things are also, you know, susceptible to hackers. Think about electronic vehicles, right? Uh, there was one time we were reading where apparently a hacker was actually able to intercept a vehicle and drive that vehicle, 
right? And that's really concerning. Exactly. So like we see a space for them to even enter Internet of Things with vehicles, with computers, with all sorts of things. So it's it's very it's a huge industry that I believe is very important. And also this is less volatile. So that's really great because look at the world today. Every other week we hear about a hack. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's very important. But my question to you is, and this is coming from a place of institutional investors. Yes. Do you think a lot of companies in this ETF will grow into mm-hmm. the PE ratios? Yes, that's exactly my concern. And that's why in the beginning I did mention that, hey, this is uh, you know, an ETF, so you wouldn't expect a lot of growth. The growth rate is pretty low, 5.5%, not very high. And in fact, the one-year return was 30.6%. And the the US market, like industries of similar investing, had 59% return. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty low, or like uh, companies in the same industry had 59% return on average, mm-hmm. right? The average in that particular industry, whereas they had 306 return. The reason why I bring this particular ETF is because of volatility for people who are like, man, I don't want to lose a lot of money and I'm scared. You can still enter into this space because cybersecurity is big. However, if you're like, man, I really want to make a lot of money, you can consider, you know, CrowdStrike and Cisco, Right. If you're concerned about that, because they also have really good numbers. But if that's not a priority for you and you're like, man, I really do not want to lose money. Go in here because similar to how when everyone was buying computers, you know, antivirus became a thing that people started selling. There is no doubt that, you know, cybersecurity softwares will become something that is being sold commercially to a lot of people. Mm, That makes sense. Wow, that's great. So the second stock I'll be talking about is this company called Nucor, ticker symbol NUE. And this is pretty interesting because this is not the kind of stock I go for normally. Why? I typically go for the higher growth, the more risky, you know, yeah. kind of stock. But this one is more cyclical. Mm-hmm. Right. What does cyclical mean? So that this means that this stock, there are certain periods in the year where it does well, when yeah. it, whenever it's in its own cycle. Stocks that have okay. certain cycles where they do well. Right. And so Nucor is a company that basically what they do is that they manufacture steel and steel products, Mm. you know. And the reason why this is very interesting is because, you know, a lot of people have been talking about, oh, interest rates and inflation, you know, inflation due to the amount of money the government has pumped into the economy, you know. And these are the kind of stocks that tend to do well in this kind of situations. So the very first thing I'm going to talk about um, Nucor is some, some of their numbers. So the PE ratio is 19, which is slightly below the PE ratio of the S&P 500. They pay a dividend of 1.58%. And they've returned 146% versus the U.S. market this year, you know, of 43%. But one disadvantage of this is unlike, you know, your Amazons, your Apples, Microsoft, they don't have a high growth rate. And actually, analysts are forecasting that the earnings revenue will decrease by 11%. Oh, no. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We're getting there. So, this is where I'm thinking. So, we've all read because I took my time to read about Biden's infrastructure plan. If you look at it, US public spending has been at its lowest for, you know, over a decade. And when I say spending, I mean in regards to infrastructure, you know. So, when I was going through the infrastructure, I saw that, you know, Biden wants to spend about $621 billion on roads, on railways, and on bridges, right? And this is a lot of money. And that's why, once again, I say Nucor, it's a cyclical stock. You know, yeah, It has its own cycle where it does well. 
Yeah. Right. And what are some things we need in road, railways and bridges? Still, yeah. you know, still is a very important component of what we need when we're in constructing, apart from even roads and bridges, even buildings, still is very, very important. So are you saying this is going to be some kind of short-term play? Because after the infrastructure, then what? Exactly. So that's a very, very good question. I personally believe this is going to go on for years. It's still a short-term play, but a short-term play could be two or three years, yeah. right? But a long-term play can be like five to six years. So... Things like the reinforcing bar and the wire rods. So these things are very, very important when we're building bridges, right? And they're very, very expensive as well. You know, China also having a little, you know, economic reawakening where they're building infrastructure, they're building more bridges yeah. and more buildings kind of to compete with Americans' own infrastructure bill, yeah. right? So I do believe that the demand for steel is going to skyrocket. Right, and also one seventy-four billion out of this six twenty-one billion is also going to electric vehicles, right? Oh. And a lot of the charging um, ports used in electric vehicles also have a lot of steel and copper. So I just think there's a wide array, a vast array of things you know steel could be used for. And also let's look back at the P ratio. You know the P ratio is even lower than the P ratio of the SPY of the SPY. Right. So to me, here is a risk to reward kind of thing. You know, after the infrastructure bill passes, if you see momentum decreasing, OK, then you can reevaluate. But I strongly believe that with, you know, the building of more bridges, more railways still is going to go higher. And the best company in this industry is actually Nucor. Yeah. Right. So if anyone is going to benefit the most from this boom, this economic boom as well, it's going to be Nucor. Yeah, that's actually really good. Speaking of reopening and, you know, economic opening, I that leads me to my next stock, which is Airbnb. Ooh. Yeah. So basically, I don't know who doesn't know Airbnb for some people who don't. Uh, Airbnb, their market cap is around $85 billion. You know, just small $85 billion, not too big. And it's growing, right? And they operate as a platform for stays and experiences to guests. Their forecasted growth is 45.7% a year. That is insane. Because you're already worth $85 billion, right? Its high was around $219. And now, last closing, was trading around $142 to $143, depending on the exchange you're looking at. So that means there's a lot of upside, right, for this particular stock. And... One of the things that I noticed was that even at its lowest point since the pandemic, because it's been really bitting up, it means that this service, and this service was still operating really well, even when it was still being really beat up, right? Because a lot of people were like, oh, you know, nobody's going out, nobody's having fun, all that kind of stuff. It was still holding its own, you know, still making good money. In fact, one of the things people are actually complaining about is the lack of hosts, which leads me to my concern is the fact that Airbnb, not concerned, but the concern that a lot of speculators have is that why are Airbnbs all of a sudden more expensive than hotels, right? Whereas they, they sold themselves as a service similar to Uber that should be the cheaper alternative to regular taxis and regular hotels. But the reason why it's expensive, it's not because it's just expensive. It's because of the low demand with hosts, right? Oh, a lot of hosts, because of COVID, were not comfortable letting people into their homes because not Air not all Airbnbs are like, oh, have the whole house to yourself. Some of them is being shared between people, right? They they give out a room or they give out, you know, two rooms or the entire ground floor, stuff like that. So they weren't really comfortable. 
right? Mm. As well as the fact that Airbnb was more of a demand compared to hotels, because the idea was if we're going on vacation, if we have an Airbnb, we have a place to ourselves. So we know our own health history compared to, you know, exposing yourself to people with in a hotel that is filled with thousands of people you don't even know. Right. So my estimate is as soon as things start reopening and that pressure is relieved and some guests are going to hotels, that price point is going to go down. Right. So that's what I believe. That makes sense. So I guess my question to you is, I don't know if you've heard of Verbo. Yes. So Verbo is kind of like Airbnb, but it's owned by Expedia. Yeah. As an investor, why do I pick Airbnb over Expedia? Because not only do they have Verbo, they also have their own, you know, flight booking business, their own hotel booking business. And now they're adding something similar to Airbnb. Yes, that's a really good question. And my question is for you is how many times have <laughs> you been like, I want to know where yeah, yeah, I guess. But how many times have you been like, I want to verbo somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Or I want to let me, let's verbo to this. You always think about, uh, let's, you know, Airbnb. What's the Airbnb? Okay, so here? you're yes. saying that Airbnb has more market share. It's yes. more popular among yes, people. Yes, exactly. And that's what I'm banking on because this is a growth stock in the sense that more people are aware of this company. And that means like more people are going to use, like my dad knows Airbnb. Like when we came, no, before he was always booking hotels. was like, oh, can you get, a, and this is my dad. And my dad is now, you know, super tech savvy, right? My mom too is like, oh, Airbnb. So that's one of the reasons why I think that this is going to grow significantly, right? A lot of people are aware of, think about Cash App and mm-hmm. Uber, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's why I think that not only do they have, similar to Apple, not only do they have the finances, to back it because they're pretty healthy financially because they own no single building. Remember that. They don't own anything. This is just people using their platform. So they're financially healthy. They have that crowd of people who really who really like them and love their services. And they're super great for, you know, guests or parties with over six people. And also just the cloud behind it, you know, similar to like, you know, Dodge to the room. But <laughs> other than just, you know, just vibes or whatever, you actually have a good solid company with a good CEO who's leading that company, you know, who has plans for how they would grow and working on reducing the amount of money people are paying for this their particular service. So that's what I'm counting because, you know, I mean, I think verbal is good, but you don't really think about it that way. True, That makes yeah. sense. But yeah, that's typically all the recommendations we have for you. I was also thinking, Hack, the ETF also has dividends. So if you're looking to get, you know, <laughs> passive income from that, I guess you can definitely choose Hack as well for dividends. But that's all I have for you today, guys. All right, guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in.